Welcome to FMC Radio, your officially unofficial source for all things Free Methodist. From in-depth discussions with key FMC leaders to daily updates from General Conference, we want to keep a consistent stream of information flowing to you regarding where God is leading the Free Methodist Church. I'm your host, Josh Avery, and I want to invite you to sit back, relax, and join us as we learn together now what it means to be Free Methodists in this episode of the FMC Radio Show. This is episode 110 for July 8th, 2019. Welcome back to all of our listeners. Welcome to any new listeners. And I want to start out our show today um, with a reading um, from a post that was made on the uh, communications page, Free Methodist Church USA on Facebook and some of the other outlets. Um, you'll be familiar with the name Brett Heinzman. He is the communications director for the Free Methodist Church, and he made a post with some um, uh, troubling news um, about his wife, Barb, and I would just like to read the post today so that you know specifically what they are going through and how we can be in prayer. Um, I think, I, I assume we'll be seeing them at General Conference, so um, this is good news to have, um, good, good to know as we go into General Conference, and, and then you can pray for them, know how to pray for them in person even as you see them. So this is the letter uh, that he wrote. Dear FMC family, as Director of Communications for our church, I would like to ask you to pray today. While this prayer may be originated in a very personal request, it expands to a church-wide prayer. Last night, my wife Barb underwent what we thought would be a routine appendicotomy. However, when I talked with the doctor after her surgery, I learned that cancer was involved. Barb has a rare form of cancer that affects the appendix and spreads throughout the abdomen. They did their best to remove what they found, but they instructed us that a long regiment of chemotherapy lies before us. Four of my colleagues and dear friends from the World Ministry Center were there with me when we heard the news. Jerry and Jan Coates, Mark and Diane Dowley were present. In my shock, Jerry began to pray over me and pray earnestly for Barb's healing. From my heart and with a soft voice, I prayed, yet I will praise you. I said those words over and over again. Barb and I mean those words sincerely. What else can we possibly do? We praise him in the midst of our troubles. So the prayer request is twofold. Please pray for Barb for her healing. Please pray that we would walk this path of difficulty with grace and peace. The second part of the prayer is that we as Free Methodist Church, is for we as a Free Methodist Church family, pray that we would all be people who would look at our circumstances and regardless of their difficulty, would look up and say, Yet I will still praise you. May it be so. Amen. Brett Heinzman. And so uh, why don't we just, before we move on to some other announcements and other things that are going on, why don't we just spend the time to pray right now for these two things that, that he has asked us to pray for here in the letter. Dear God, we pray right now for uh, Barb, and uh, we just pray that you'll be with the family as this news is just uh, taking everybody by surprise. Uh, the friends, the family, everybody um, who is close to them. Um, we pray that you would uh, make yourself known more to them um, as, as uh, they go through this hard time that other people who who not sure what they believe in or other people who aren't, aren't quite, uh, haven't made that commitment to you yet, that they would see the situation and how it's handled, that they might come to you through this um, bad situation. Um, we pray for Barb um, that you'll be uh, in this process that you would heal her, that you would allow um, a miraculous story to, to 
um, be told about this situation that others would be able to hear and, and believe in you. Um, and we also pray that um, the family would um, walk this difficult path with grace and peace, that they would be able to do this um, um, and in the stress and in the midst of the um, hardships that they, they are facing, that they would still be able to um, gracefully do that and, and find that joy in the midst of the hard time. Um, we also just pray that uh, for the church in general, the Free Methodist Church here, we pray um, as the general conference comes up, we pray for everybody to be um, of one accord, for everyone to come together and um, um, grow closer together through this general conference. But as we specifically think about this circumstance and this situation, we pray that um, all of us in the Free Methodist Church would be people who look at our circumstances and praise you regardless of what is happening um, and know that you have um, the ability and, and your work is to make um, make good things out of what was meant for evil. And so we pray that we would continue to see that and continue to praise you in the midst of that. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, we will pray again in a moment for our Free Methodist World Missions. But before we do that, I just want to mention two things. Um, of course, we are the next time uh, that we talk here, it will be General Conference. It's a week from today when I'm posting this on Monday morning, July 8th. So a week from today, uh, thing people will be starting to arrive. There will be a kickoff service in the evening. Um, the, at, at this point, um, come next week, the prayer prayer uh, service will the prayer. Um, I think of what I was trying to say. The prayer summit uh, will have already kind of made its rounds and come through on Sunday and Monday. And so um, all that being said, it's going to be coming before we know it. Next week, we will be meeting up together. There are a few things I want to mention about that. First of all, um, of course, there will be no regular episode next Monday with you know content like we normally have with an interview or anything. But we will be putting out an episode every single day next week, Monday uh, well, probably even Sunday a little update, Sunday through through Friday. Um, and uh, so you can hear recaps. Um, you can tune in to, to see exactly when the bishops are elected. We'll put a little something out there. Uh, so if you're staying at home, please tune in. Um, keep your podcast app refreshed, um, and you will hear updates about what's happening in General Conference. We'll try to get some um, interviews with people right away, you know, just just two, three-minute little things um, of, of people who are experiencing it firsthand to kind of some reactions like that. Um, but also, uh, make sure you're following the Facebook page, facebook.com slash fmcradio, um, because on the Facebook page, we will be doing some live videos as well. So probably before we post the audio update, for example, when the bishops are elected, we will probably be doing a live video update straight to the page. And so um, you can see that live as they read the votes. And then I will comment briefly on that um, and then go over to doing an audio update to those who are audio listeners. So again, you want to go to facebook.com slash fmcradio. Make sure you like the page. You're tuning in there because that will be live in-person um, updates. As long as our Wi-Fi holds out there, uh, we will be you know streaming right to you at the actual moment it will be happening. So that would be a great thing to be able to keep up with that. 
Um, also, if you are heading down to General Conference, a few things about that. We will have a booth there, as I've been mentioning. There will be stickers at the booth. It would be good to meet you. That's the first thing I want to do is just meet you. Um, obviously, I'm doing a lot of things when I'm down there, and I'm the only one running this podcast, so I won't be stationed at that podcast every uh, booth every single time. Um, the exhibit hall is open. There are some times where there will be nobody at the booth, um, and uh, you know, you'll have to come back and see me a little bit later. Um, but I'll try to be there as much as possible to meet people when the hall is open. And uh, I do have stickers available, and I will have the booth will be open Tuesday through Friday, so that's four total days. Uh, I will have a different sticker available each and every day of General Conference. Um, some of them are, are kind of funny inside joke type ones that people in the denomination will get. Others are uh, have to do with ministries in the church. So, so I don't want to give it away, but you'll, you'll have to come each day and pick up a new custom sticker that uh, will be available at the booth, obviously for free, there at GC19. Um, also, I mentioned back a few episodes ago about uh, what I'm planning to do as a kind of extracurricular activity down at GC19, and I'm going to be doing a week from today, Monday, July 15th, I'm going to go over to downtown Disney, now called Disney Springs, and I'm going to do their Star Wars VR experience, which is called The Void. Um, I'm going to do it at 1.30 p.m., and the reason I'm telling you all the details of what I'm doing is because there are actually 12 slots available. There are eight left right now, um, and I'm opening it up to anybody who wants to join the team. Um, I will put links in the show notes to a review of the Star Wars VR experience so you know exactly what that is, and then a link to how you can buy tickets. You'll just want to sign up for Monday, July 15th at 1.30 p.m., and I know there are uh, at least, I think, four, yeah, so there's four tickets already bought, so there are four free Methodists that are currently signed up to do this thing on Monday, July 15th, Um, but there are eight slots available left, Um, so if you want to, please buy one. Uh, Email me if you're coming. I would love to know that you're going to be coming. And I hope to see you there. You'll have to find a way over to Disney Springs. You can use an Uber or Lyft, something like that. Or if you have a rental, of course, you can park it at Disney Springs for free as well. But make sure you get there early because they start promptly at 1.30 for that experience if you buy a ticket in advance. So uh, there's that. Um, So let's go over to our Free Methodist World Missions prayer guide for this month. And we have a very short little instruction here today. It's uh, for Guinea-Bissau. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Guinea-Bissau or Guinea-Bissau. And it says, pray for the successful start of a new church in the south of this country. So let's go ahead and just pray for them. And then we'll get into uh, some stuff about breakout groups at GC19 so we can learn about that. So let's pray. Dear God, thank you for all of our uh, Free Methodist World Missions and our missionaries, and all of the countries that are active. We pray that your word would continue to spread. And specifically today, we pray for uh, Guinea. We pray for um, in the south of the country where this new church is being started up. We pray that doors would be opened, that people would be uh, open to this new work in their area, um, that you would um, strengthen them, that you would speak to them, uh, the leaders, if you want to lead them in a certain way. Uh, and that the people would be open to this, that they would uh, come in and, and find out more, meet um, the leaders, but ultimately that they would be transformed, that their hearts would turn towards you, and that they would begin to live um, as a part of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, we will be right back here in one minute to talk about breakout groups at GC19, what to expect. There are 12 in total. We'll be right back. Everyone. 
right, so in preparation for General Conference, we have many episodes that have covered many different aspects of what to expect, everything from what to do in Orlando additionally, uh, all the way down to um, the bishops and, and uh, the election and the nominees and you know everything in between, but we have not yet spoken in depth about the breakout groups. Um, now, you may already know what breakout group you've, you're, you're a part of, um, and that's great. Uh, there are many people that I've heard from, even some on Whova, who are saying, you know, um, we, we don't really know what we're going to do yet. And, and you didn't have to sign up necessarily in advance. Um, so, you know, many people did not select their, their breakout group yet. So if you're, if you're undecided, this will help you kind of be steered in maybe a direction. There are 12 total so I want to walk you through what each of them are. And what I thought was kind of fun as I was looking through um, is that, uh, as I said, there's 12. And six of the 12, um, the leaders of these breakout groups are people that we have talked to here on the podcast um, in interviews over the course of the last 110 episodes. And so that's cool. At least uh, half of these leaders we have spoken to personally, and I'll refer you to their respective episodes if you want to hear more from them as we go along and, and point out who those people are. Um, but I thought that was kind of fun that, that we have uh, interviewed half of them um, and kind of have an idea on this podcast of who these people are. So uh, let's start uh, at the beginning here um, with the Children's Ministries Focus Group. And actually, to, let's back up one step. I just want to mention these breakout groups will be held Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So over the course of three days, um, they are uh, each of these are available each of the days, each of these topics. But the content will be different each day. So for example, we're about to talk about children's ministries. You could go to that same breakout group Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and you're going to hear about the topic of children's ministries, but you're going to hear a different content each time. It's going to be building on, or actually, uh, we don't even need to say building on, but it's going to be different content. So you could go each day. But if you say, wow, I'm looking at this list and I, I've heard these 12 things, and you say, I'd like to go to a little bit of 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 both, of, of maybe one, two of them or, or a different one each day, that's possible too. You could switch it up. Um, I don't think that these are going to be building upon each other. So for example, you go to children's ministries the first day, then you go to church planning the second day and you go, well, I didn't get the first day's information on church planning. Now I'm lost. I don't know what they're talking about, right? It's going to be stuff that you're going to be able to walk in day two or day three. You're going to be able to understand what's happening, um, be able to catch up, uh, or, or start the new area from that day itself. So let's start uh, here with the Children's Ministries. Um, this is going to be led by Christy Toom Kessinger, which may be a very familiar name to you. Should be because we interviewed her very recently for episode 107. She is the author of the new curriculum for kids, the Fremo Kids. And um, so this is what you can expect if you're going to the Children's Ministries group. Um, she says, imagine a version of the church where God's children of all ages live as one voice as one church. The church of today includes children today. Children matter to Jesus and they matter in the kingdom. Gather with us as we explore ways to disciple, evangelize, and worship with kids. One voice, one church. What this is not, it's not a discussion on the best curriculum, a VBS review, or volunteer recruitment. What it is, is taking what we already do in ministry to kids, what is, and together imagining what could be in the areas of discipleship, evangelism, and worship. No matter the size of or location of your church, what can be is possible with a little course correction. 
General and specific calls to action will be discussed as we are reminded about God's intention for children as a part of his kingdom. This is a great opportunity for those of you, who, especially those who were working in um, children's ministries, not just hired positions in children's ministry, but those of you who are serving your church, maybe delegates going down, uh, attendees that are going down that, that help just as volunteers in the children's ministry. Um, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for you to go learn. And as uh, Christy told us when we had her on episode 107, she will be mentioning a few things about the new curriculum there as well. Um, it's not a, she, what she told me on that interview, she said it's certainly not, uh, you know, let's talk all about roots and why you should buy it. It's not going to be, uh, you know, some sales pitch for the new curriculum, but there is going to be some stuff mentioned um, because she's been studying uh, this area for so long and, and has included a lot of that, that stuff in Roots that she will be mentioning some of the things that will be found in that curriculum. So I think that'll be exciting to hear um, some of the things she's going to be talking about um, in a, in, about that curriculum as well, in addition to what you're going to hear. Um, so uh, our, our, the second uh, breakout group will be Spiritual Development Focus Group. That is going to be led by Doug Newton. Again, a familiar name to this podcast. We interviewed him back on episode 80. And uh, he is actually the uh, leader of the National Prayer Ministry, actually a co-director with his wife, Margie. And uh, for 43 years, they have worked side by side in ministry, um, not only with the National Prayer Ministry, but also pastoring churches. And so they're going to be leading, again, it's called the Spiritual Development Focus Group. And this is kind of the bio of that. Even though the disciples followed Jesus daily and observed him performing great miracles, teaching great lessons, and winning great victories over Satan. Remarkably, the only thing they ever asked Jesus to teach them how to do was to pray. They must have been convinced there was a direct correlation between his life of intimate communion with his Heavenly Father and his incredibly effective ministries. 2,000 years later, the church would do well to elevate the matter of teaching prayer to top priority in our discipleship efforts. In this session, we will enlarge our attendees view of prayer in such a way that their motivation for prayer increases and show how they can do that for others in their church. That's a, there's many reasons you may go uh, to, this, to this breakout. As it said there, you, know, you, may, you may be pastoring a church or leading a church and you say, listen, I, I understand the need for prayer, but my people don't. How, how do I get them on board? They're going to talk about that. But, but I can tell you from, from um, firsthand experience that it is worth your time to go to this breakout group because Doug and Nar Margie came, um, as you may remember, if you were a listener back when we interviewed them, they came to uh, the church that I'm involved with and they did a, a prayer summit there. And uh, it, it was really amazing. Um, and uh, they had a lot of interesting stories. But what I liked is that it wasn't just all experienced stories. Oh, we, we prayed this and this happened that the core is teachings from the scripture. So that's where we need to get our theology, right? Not just hear, you know, the, the experiences all the time. Those are interesting stories, but we need to hear the scripture. And so you're, Doug and Margie are gonna get you back to that. They're gonna say, what does scripture really say about prayer? You know, what can we learn from it? And then here's what has happened. And then we lead, lead, lead to experience and hear about that. So again, that's the spiritual development um, focus group. The third is called Church Next Steps. This is led by uh, Rick Rouse. He is currently currently serving as the lead pastor at One Church FMC in Akron, New York. Um, and uh, so you, you say, well, what qualifies him to know uh, kind of the next steps for a church? 
He has transitioned a church in sharp decline to a thriving congregation that has grown to 450 in morning worship and assisted in planning four churches in the last 16 years. So this specific group, um, the Church Next Steps, will be uh, kind of about this. What if creating new momentum in your church and breaking through barriers were as simple as doing small things that make a big difference? That will be the focus of the Church Next Steps focus group. The tips, topics, and strategy that we share will be scalable difference. Will be I'm sorry. The tips, topics, and strategy that we share will be scalable regardless of the size of your church. As you plan your GC19 week, write Church Next Steps in your afternoon schedule. So uh, there's a little pitch there for you for Church Next Steps, and I like that he says here that you know you don't have to worry about the size of your church. Oh, well, we're too small or we're too big or whatever. Uh, regardless, you can scale what he's going to be talking about to the size of your church. What are the next steps regardless of the size? Um, okay, number four, church planting. This is going to be led by Michael Forney. He is the assistant superintendent of leadership and multiplication in the Southern Michigan Conference. And uh, that's located, he's located in Spring Arbor. Um, so the church planting um, will be uh, getting into details like this. Multiplying disciples, groups, leaders, and churches. It's in the DNA of God's church. We were created to multiply. Multiplication is not just the domain of mega churches, perfect churches, healthy churches, or places outside of North America. God wants the story of every church, irrespective of size, to be the story of multiplication of disciples, groups, leaders, and churches who are fully engaged in a life of meaningful worship, discipleship, and reaching those still far from God. We will explore strategies, share stories, and provide practical resourcing for you and your church to recapture this missional DNA and spark a movement in your community. I know this has been a big thing, at least in our area. You know, I, I hear in all the time in the Harvest Conference and Ohio Conference, the ones I'm closest to and involved in, uh, I hear about people talking about church planning all the time. This is a big thing. Of course, if we're not growing, if we're not spreading the gospel, then, then what's the purpose? This is it just a country club for people, right? So church planting, vital to the future of our church. That may be something that is, is going to be fit great with some, some of you uh, to get over there and be a part of. Uh, let's see, our next one, number uh, five here, Healthy Church. The Healthy Church focus group. They have two speakers that are going to be involved with the Healthy Church. Uh, one is Ted Haggard, and the other is Mike Wilson. Now, I'll mention Mike first, just uh, who he is. He is the lead pastor of Sage Hills Church in, uh, I want to say this right, Wenatchee, Washington. I'm sure somebody's listening saying, that's not, you totally butchered that. But uh, he is in Washington, and uh, so he is the lead pastor there at Sage Hills Church. The other guy you may uh, be more familiar with when you hear Ted Haggard, you say, that sounds kind of familiar. Um, and and I, we'll talk about him here in a moment, um, who he is. But first, let me just go ahead and read uh, the bio here for the Healthy Church group. It says, we will understand how to build an influential church without it being burdensome. The Apostle Paul said he didn't want his ministry to be a burden to anyone. And Jesus said his yoke was easy and his burden was light. Once we create a church environment that is life-giving relief, one that infuses leaders and parishioners alike with hope and strength, the church can be healthy enough to focus on its primary purpose. No theory here, just pragmatic biblical application that works. I think what I like about that is that that, that last 
section there, that application. Okay, what, how, do, how do we do this? Okay, talk about healthy church. Make your church healthy church. Okay, in theory, okay, that's great, but how do we do it? And I like that it's saying that, you know, it's this actual biblical application that's, that's going to work. So we're going to hear about that for three days, Tuesday through Thursday, from this healthy church group. Now, I want to mention, because some of you listening who, who are hearing this maybe for the first time, or you've already heard that Ted is going to be leading a group, Ted Haggard, um, you may be familiar that 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 uh, some years ago, it's been quite some time now, uh, there was a scandal at a church that he was previously involved in. Um, I won't get into all the details. I mean, it's just as simple as, as Wikipedia uh, to find out the details of, of that scandal. I mean, I'm not here to cause division or to, to recap, you know, the, the past sins of his life. But, but I do want to address um, um, something here to say, someone might say, well, you know, because of how big the scandal was and what he did in the past, uh, you know, why is he leading, why is he co-leading a, 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 this healthy church group? And that's a that's a fine question for someone to ask. You know, it's it's a question that people might just be nervous. Say, well, I don't know what he's been doing recently. You know, kind of where's where is he at uh, since the the headliners? You know, since then, um, you know, you don't usually hear about people's um, revitalization in their lives or or you know the restoration work of Christ. You hear the headline news of the bad things that they did, right? So um, the bishops actually um, some time ago, uh, Matt Thomas, Bishop Matt Thomas, on behalf of the rest of the Board of Bishops, wrote a, uh, a letter, an open letter to anyone who may have a question about Ted's involvement in the Healthy Church uh, breakout group. So I would just like to read that letter to you now as we consider this group uh, to attend. So it says, Ted Haggard is an ordained minister in the Free Methodist Church USA. Many know of Ted's past moral and ministry crisis when he was the pastor of the 14... Hundred, uh, I'm sorry. When he was the pastor of the 14,000 member New Life Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and president of the National Association of Evangelicals, he resigned and departed from the ministry in what became one of the most notable scandals in recent U.S. church history. He stepped out of those ministries in 2006, and he began a personal rebuilding process with the strong support of his wife Gail, author of the best-selling book Why I Stayed, and children. Ted's spiritual rebuilding and restoration began early in his years following his departure from full-time ministry to business ventures. He submitted to accountability with several well-known pastors and leaders in the American church. Ted was approached by leadership in the Free Methodist Church and a relationship was birthed in late 2010. In 2011, a second-tier restoration process that is required of leaders seeking restoration or ordination in the Free Methodist Church ensued. Understanding the nor... No Notoriety of the Haggards over the past many years, the Board of Bishops expanded the scope of restoration beyond the normal process, which requires action of an annual conference, in keeping with Book, Dis Book of Discipline requirements. The Board of Bishops of the FMC USA responded to the unanimous recommendation of the River Conference, MEG Board, and the River Conference Annual Conference Approval for Ordination, and he was subsequently or ordained by Bishop Matthew A. Thomas. Ted and Gail are two remarkable testimonies of the saving, healing, and restoring grace of God. Since 2012, Ted has been a key leader in the River Conference, assisting in the development of church leaders and planters and pastors. He has coached leaders beyond the River Conference, consulted superintendents of the FMC USA, served as a resource for FMC USA growth and health ministries, assisted the Board of Bishops in strategic leadership development, and engaged many of the larger church pastors in the FMC USA. Ted and Gail have taught and or preached in several Free Methodist churches and at our World Ministry Center. 
Ted is a valuable resource and compassionate leader who understands the challenges and opportunities facing pastors and churches. His past experience, growth in grace, depth of leadership gifting, and spirit-driven hope and joy are fully appreciated by the church. The Board of Bishops is pleased to have Ted lead a focus group on church health at our 2019 General Conference in Orlando. Ted has seen and been a part of our church and ministry at its best and worst. He has a remarkable vantage point and keen insight into what makes healthy churches sick, sick sick churches healthy, and how to build the health that exists. Ted Ted will be assisted in the church health focus group by Pastor Jeff Baxter, pastor of River Church in the River Conference, and author of From Broken to Beautiful, What Repairing Streams Has Taught Me About Healing the Church. These two pastors will bring to life a conversation about church health. Matthew A. Thomas, on behalf of the Board of Bishops of FMC USA. So I wanted to read that to you in case you uh, were concerned. You say, now, wh- now what's going on here? Um, now you kind of have a, a detailed history. I um, mean, I appreciate uh, Bishop Thomas giving us that to say, well, listen, kind of this is what the process you had to go through. Um, so we, we kind of checked everything here uh, before, you know, Ted was ordained. Um, and again, not that, that's it. I don't think all of us need to be, you know, questioning everything and saying like, well, well, now what's this guy doing? But but it is good to hear, right? Um, we don't need to hear every little detail of everybody's past or the sins that they committed or what they went through. But especially when it's on a national scale, you know, we do, it, it is good for accountability as Bishop Thomas has done on behalf of the board here of bishops to, re, uh, to relate to us, hey, you may have only heard half the story and so you may wonder why, why he's speaking here and, and here's the rest of the story that you didn't know. You know, since 2010, he's been on this, you know, journey and here's what's been happening. And so um, anybody who goes, um, it would be great to hear from anybody who heads over to the healthy church and just hear some of that conversation between these two pastors and kind of what's happening there. Um, so, okay, let's move on to uh, the sixth. We're about halfway there here. And the sixth um, focus group will be called Justice and Social Witness. It will be led by Bruce Cromwell. Again, a very familiar name. We interviewed him first here on the show uh, on episode 31, um, back before he was a, a superintendent. He is the superintendent now um, of the Great Plains Conference in Kansas. And uh, so um, he's also probably very familiar with you because he is the one who wrote up and put together uh, the resolution on the death penalty. And uh, he also wrote the revision on that that we've recently updated people upon. So he's a very familiar name. He's not new to the podcast at all. Um, And uh, so he's going to be leading again. This is called the Justice and Social Witness Group. Um, So uh, the bio for this one, justice is not merely recognizing what is wrong and declaring what is right. It's about redeeming what is broken, healing what is sick, and reconciling what is disconnected. Throughout the three days of sessions, this breakout will focus on current justice and social issues, including substance abuse, recovery, specifically the opioid crisis, matters related to sexuality, such as LBGD, LGBTQ concerns and human trafficking, marriage and whether or not men and women have specific roles, sanctity of life topics, including abortion and the death penalty, immigration, church-state relations, and other topics. Various experts in these fields will equip and resource the church, helping us understand how our worship, fellowship, and outreach all create redemptive communities that do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. So we know a little bit about that uh, just hearing from Bruce here on the show. Um, and uh, 
That's one that I'm I'm interested to to attend and be a part of and hear. It's a wide scope of things. So as we've we've even said earlier, but every day you come in, you're going to kind of have um, a different topic going on there. You may want to talk to Bruce if you say, well, I have a couple others I want to go to, but I really want to be there for the opioid crisis. That's something I need to hear about. You'll want to talk to him and see what day he's speaking on that because, uh, like I say, there's so many in that that we're going to be getting into different topics each day. All right, number seven, leadership development. This is gonna be led by Kelly Seufer, and the bio for this one says this. In his classic work on seven keys to free Methodist renewal, Howard Snyder reminds us that Jesus trained the apostles by being with them for three years, discipling them and mentoring them. This focus group is not about developing people to fill slots for your programs. Rather, we'll start with the people God has given you to develop. How can you commit to raising them up and releasing them into kingdom leadership? We'll explore this over three days together and see what partnerships and ideas can be birthed. So again, that's leadership development to see not just how can we raise up leaders to, to join the kids ministry or the youth group or raise up somebody to, to do the sound booth, but <laughs> to actually live into what they're called to do, which may be in the children's, right? It may be in the sound booth, but at the end of the day, it's not just to fill a slot. And I like that, uh, that, that Kelly has pointed that out and that she's gonna be speaking more on that there. Um, in the leadership development group. All right, number uh, eight here, ethnic reconciliation. Uh, this group will be led by Christy Hines, again, a familiar name to us here on the show. Um, she wrote one of our Freemo journals, and she we interviewed her about that back in episode 53. Um, she is um, the author of, of the book. The name of the book is called Redeemed, The Power of a Single Story. And um, she has uh, a lot to say here about ethnic reconciliation. So here's a little um, brief synopsis of what you'll be hearing there. Creating a culture of shalom and equity within the church's persistent conflict with race, ethnicity, and gender. Learning to become a society reconciled to Jesus, biblical wholeness, and our free Methodist values in the context of ethic, ethnic reconciliation in 2019. How do we become one church when we stand divided as individuals on how we define racism, experience inequality, and hold narrow views on biblical justice? In this session, we will listen, share, and practice experiential exercises as to walk away with tangible tools on how to begin to enter the conversation of reconciliation, equity, and justice. And I think maybe there was a miss, uh, I, I read the word correctly, equity, but it may have also meant to say equality uh, there. So the conversation of reconciliation, equality, and justice, that idea um, that we're, it's, it's, I, I feel like this one is closely tied with what we were reading earlier about the justice and social witness, um, but this is going to focus in here on race, ethnicity, and race, ethnicity, and gender. Um, again, something that is just, just really needed. People need to figure out how do we navigate these issues. People are talking about these things. We need to figure out how our churches are going to deal with things um, in our world. Okay, number, uh, the next one, <laughs> a nine. Um, this one's called Global Transformation in Being Better Disciples. This will be led by Jerry Coates, Gerald Coates, um, the director of the Global Church at the of the Global Church Advocacy. Um, we have talked to him back in episode 55. And um, so he works out of the World Ministry Center and uh, he will be leading this group that will be um, on these topics. The group will focus on why and how being globally engaged makes better disciples in the local church. 
We can see from the words of Jesus to the 11 that being globally engaged is not optional. It is a part of being a disciple. Les Krober, Eric Spangler, and other leaders from Asia will lead us in exploring why we need to be globally engaged and how that makes how that helps make better disciples here in the United States. This is a, this is a fascinating idea to do here for sure because what we're talking about here, first of all, I like that he's not just speaking on this, but that he's bringing in these other voices, these leaders from Asia, um, to name a few, Les Krober and Eric Spangler, um, and that they're going to be talking about, all right, hey, here's what happens in Asia. Here, here's some stories from over there. Now, not just telling stories, but this is how these techniques, these things being globally engaged are going to make better disciples right where you're at, in your town, in, in the 50 states. Um, and so, um, you know, I like that line. Being globally engaged is not optional. It's a part of being a disciple. And so uh, some of us need to certainly hear that and uh, clearly address that in our lives that we have kind of become so local at the expense of global or the alternative uh, sometimes as well, that we become so global we forget about local. And so we need to uh, be better disciples in this case, uh, in the case of global transformation. Be another, all of these are just so great. There's None of them is a bad choice. Um, number 10, cultural engagement. Uh, this one will be led here by um, Raisia Fabre. I again want to hope that I, I hope that I said that right. Um, the bio, every place has its culture, the things they assume, believe, and value. But that culture is not static, it's always changing. The people who live around your church don't think the same as they did even 10 years ago. We'll be exploring how people of the kingdom connect the good news to, your, to the people of your community today. We'll include concepts, but we'll also be practical. Again, I like that last line there. Okay, don't just talk about these ideas, but let's talk about how do we do it. And, and then they're pointing out they're going to do that here. Um, but, but that idea that culture is always changing, so true. And if you're involved in any church, you know, you know what worked 15 years ago to get more people to, into your church, to get people transformed with the gospel. People don't care about that today. You know, it used to be that you could have a fun event at your church and you say, wow, you know, 50 new people showed up and, and out of that, you know, 20 decided to stay or, you know, even 10 or even just one family, you know, stayed. And now people will show up for for things. You do a fun, crazy event, but nobody stays. Nobody is transformed or makes the next step towards Christ. And I should, you know, there's always the stories of somebody who does, but for the most part, what they're saying here, you know, is the case is that people don't think the same they did as 10 years ago. The culture is always changing. And how are you going to connect today in 2019 and in the years to come uh, with your culture, with your neighborhood? So culture engagement, um, that's that one. Let's look at number 11, two more. Stewardship and resourcing the church, number 11. Led by Mark Kerrer, and he is the campus pastor of Revelation Church in Saratoga Springs in the Acts 12:24 conference. Um, so a bio on this is very short. It just says, what resources do you need? What resources do you think you need for your church? What resources does God provide for his church? Together, we'll learn about both and how to steward them God's way. So resources, how are we gonna, what do we have? Um, I, I have a friend who always says this, like don't reinvent the wheel. You know, don't think that you have to start from scratch and say, well, we can't do this because we don't have the people, right? What resources are out there? What do you think you need? And what does God already have out there? Um, and so, you know, resourcing your church, seeing what's available um, and, and being a good steward of what is available instead of just trying to start from scratch and, and doing it halfway, right? Um, so again, that's going to be um, 
that's going to be a good one. Now, uh, I should mention that uh, when you download, if you're going to GC19, if you download the Whova app, you can see uh, already where all of these are located. Um, so when you get there and you see the different rooms, you know, that are located there, like one is called Grand Sierra 1, for example, or Bonaire 5, or, you know, Grand Sierra H, you know, you want to know, well, where the heck am I supposed to go? This place is huge. Well, you can keep the app and, or, um, and look it up and see where you need to go. And, and you could even begin to make those plans right now uh, through that app. It's a, I think that app is going to be something, if you have a smartphone, you need to get the Whova app and you need to download it. You need to get on there. Um, you need to start doing that stuff now uh, because it's going to be much better than carrying around some big piece of paper with a bunch of information on it the entire week, right? Um, so the final one here is just called How to Disciple. And it will be held, uh, it's the easiest one to find. So it's actually going to be found uh, uh, in the worship center where everything else is going to be held. Uh, and this one is led by a familiar guy. His name is Keith Cowart. <laughs> he is uh, one of the nominees for bishop. We've just spoken to him very recently here on the show um, in our um, nominee interviews. And uh, so you know a lot about him if you listen to that. Um, but here is his overview of the session. From a biblical perspective, the mission of the church is clear. We're to be about making disciples. The mandate is reflected in our Free Methodist mission statement, to love God and people and make disciples. Discipleship begins with evangelism, our outward focus, but it doesn't stop there. Our ultimate aim is not membership in a local church, but an ever-deepening relationship with Jesus Christ that results in total life transformation. In every generation, the church must be willing to fearlessly evaluate its mission by that measure and recalibrate its efforts to that end. This is our inward focus. And the key questions they're going to be looking at. Number one, according to scripture, what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Number two, how did Jesus go about making disciples? Number three, what are some practical ways that the church can intentionally implement Jesus' strategy and methods in our 21st century American context? And number four, what are the expected outcomes of authentic discipleship? So there we have it. So, so all of these, I mean, like I said before, these 12, I mean, they're, we're covering everything. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody sitting there, oh, I wish they had one on this. And I'm sure there's something missed out, right, a topic. But man, it, it seems to be covering every area we could think of, uh, every issue that we're dealing with right now, every conversation that people are having around the Free Methodist Church are represented in one of these one of these things, and all these leaders, these different backgrounds, uh, different different races leading, different uh, you know genders, women, uh, men leading them. Uh, it, it's a real uh, you know it's a really great opportunity here, and even hearing from some international voices, you know our our friends in of course the global transformation and being better disciples, or um, yes, that was the one. Um, in that one, hearing from our friends in Asia who are working in Asia. Um, so this is going to be great. And, and what I'd ask, if you're listening and, and you say, yeah, I'm going to one of these, um, you know, I'm going to GC19, I'm going to one of these. What I would ask is after you go, it doesn't, you don't have to wait till all three days are up. Um, but when you go to one of these, if you would, after attending any of the days, just come stop by my booth, find me, um, and give me a little recap. Tell me a little bit about what you learned because I, I'm only able to make it to, you know, at most, um, one per day, right? I'm not able to cover all of these or hear about them, but I'd love to hear what you've learned, uh, maybe what you're planning for your local church as a result of what you've heard in these, uh, as a result of what you've heard from going to these discipleship groups, from these breakout groups. And um, 
So please find me at GC and I will share that with other people as well. We'll try to keep it short, you know, 30, 30 seconds to a minute, um, but just get different voices kind of reporting back. Hey, this is what I heard and it was exciting and it gave me this idea or whatever. Um, so that's what we want to do and uh, it's going to be a crazy week next week, but can't wait to get there. Can't wait to meet many of you, to pass out stickers, um, to report back, to see finally, once and for all, <laughs> who's, going to be a, who's going to be leading us, who are these three that are going to be leading us as bishops into the next four years at least and uh, everything. I mean, there's so much we could go on about, but we will see you uh, next week at General Conference. And if we don't see you in person, we will be a part of your life through the podcast. We will uh, come to you through your headphones as we report to you from Orlando. So all that being said, it will be good to see you. Please like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash FMC radio. Check the show notes for some of those links and some of those things that I was telling you about earlier. And uh, we will see you in Orlando next week.